Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bigley Glass. Monty Williams will likely go down as one of the most important head coaches in Suns history, and someday we'll fondly remember all the homespun wisdom, the well done is better than well said, the other side of hard, and all those magical nights in the bubble. And if he actually wins the title, he might end up in the team's ring of honor. But just like his basketball team, he too needs to be better in the bigger moments, like coming up with a way to defend Giannis. Because for all the post-game grumbling about officials and Groundhog Day, Williams is a head coach who keeps rolling out the same failed, futile strategy. Start D.A. on Giannis, watch him get in foul trouble, scramble to stay afloat, then whine about it afterwards. So what do you do? You either Giannis-proof your team, signing a guy specifically with defending him in mind, or you goon up the game, creating a spectacle so absurd the NBA has to respond. Or you go nuclear in protest, taking a big fine on behalf of your team. And if you think it's unfair that refs are only giving calls to players who bull their way recklessly into the lane, then have somebody other than Devin Booker give it a try on your team. Now, I know Kevin Durant solves a lot of issues. At least he better. Because right now, the Suns do not have the right pieces, and it's kind of obvious. They don't have three-point shooters, they don't have rim attackers, and their identity is anyone's guess because their bench is shot and their rotation is anything but settled. And as we saw again last night, taking that path to a title is usually a dead-end streak. Today's Bickley Blast, the uplifting Bickley Blast, brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW, who make luxury affordable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Fire, 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 fire. Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to call a, somebody and ask like, what you got to do not to foul. You know what I mean? We done went through you know, series and games of that where we just seen that before. So. Just like difficult to find the balance ultimately. Like it's hard to find what the built ground is, right? Yeah, I don't know. What y'all should think we should do? I mean, y'all done watched y'all. I mean, what, what you think we should do? Well, as far as the way the way he plays, it's just like you can't you back off. He's gonna dunk you if you if you try to challenge it. He's gonna get the contact. So it's a matter. So is it a foul every time? Is it consistent? I just need you answering. <laughs> yeah, but from what I can see, no, but you know better than I do. So. Um, y'all opinions valid, right? What y'all see? Yeah, I don't know. I'm a player. I, we're just trying to figure it out. <laughs> Chris Paul with the uh, media last nobody, night. Nobody wants to say what they're thinking. No, I mean... The players don't want to take the fine because the coach doesn't want to take the fine. But also, Chris Paul turning that back. Hey, what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. It is a perplexing question. And Chris Paul at the beginning of that soundbite said, we've been through this before in series with him. The 2021 NBA Finals, remember, we're going to build a wall to stop Giannis. It didn't work. There's no... (laughs) Under the current NBA rules Mm -hmm. and the way he's officiated, there's no way to deal with him. Other than to hope he has a bad night from the free throw line, which he did, and they still won by 12 points. 
He's an impossible I, I, player to guard and apparently an impossible player to officiate. <laughs> and uh, that is a lethal again, combination. So, right. So, yes, everything you're saying is accurate. And there were many, many calls last night that did not go against Giannis for lowering his shoulder that you could have called him on. I will I'll grant you that. Uh, this guy is a, an officiating nightmare, which is why, as the head coach of the basketball team, you can't roll out the same game plan and expect different results from him. This is why the post-game scene last night rang really hollow with me, because I heard it after the Sacramento game, and I've heard it against Bucks games constantly. Do something different. Tell your general manager to get me somebody just to guard this guy. If you think the Bucks are in your path, then what are you doing about him? But... Who is the, does this does this individual exist on planet Earth? Well, it, it's a good question. It really is. I, I don't know. I don't know what you do, but I do know that you can't put Da on him to start a game and hope that Da is not going to be in foul trouble. DeAndre Ayton's a lot of things. He's not physical enough to hold his ground against against Giannis when Giannis starts moving to the basket, and that is going to get him in foul trouble every single game he plays against him. So again, I, from seeing other coaches do this in the past, confront this problem in the past, take the smallest, toughest guy on your roster, put him on the guy to start the game, yes. tell him to foul out in the first quarter. Well, Doesn't matter. Make a spectacle. Make a scene so ridiculous that people in the NBA headquarters go, you know what? We can't have any more of that. We we have got to address this. We need to have a we need to have a sit down and figure out what exactly are we going to do about a guy lowering his shoulder into people in the NBA. Is it okay or is it not? What, how do we do this? There was one point, and it was early in the game, and it was the, the first half example that t- came up in a couple of the post game interviews, where Giannis got a full head of steam, lowered the shoulder, just absolutely bowled over Tory Craig. Knocked him back about ten feet. My my PA offering was going to go from basketball to football. <laughs> Were you Giannis on the carry? Yeah. Result of the play is a first down. You should have said third down. But I don't want to be the one to get fined. Desi, <laughs> you and everybody else. No, I would do it if I made thirty oh, million a year. I would do it. That would second. be great for Vinny to be the guy. That creates a spectacle. I get the technical foul. Yes. You hear that, sons? Bump up, bump him up to thirty million. He'll do it for you. He'll take the. <laughs> he'll take the hit. That's right. Not too far but of a jump, right? Just in the middle of the next game, just get on your mic, Vinny. Go, Adam Silver. Look in the mirror. Wait, oh. don't do that, Adam Silver. I don't know if it came over on the TV at all, but by the fourth quarter, just announcing Giannis going to the line again, the disdain in my voice was okay. very noticeable. I, and again, and it's and the disdain in Monty Williams' voice very predictable yes. and and reminiscent of something we've heard repeatedly. I just I don't understand how you can expect different results when you don't ever get them when you're playing them with that kind of game plan. I just it it just baffled me, Vinny. It and, baffled me. Well, I think it was also you know the, the feelings were multiplied by yes, Giannis got twenty four free throws, mm-hmm. and you know you're probably going to deal with that. He's had like I don't know, it, it, it's been like twelve games this year uh-huh. where he shot eighteen or more free throws in a game. That's the way he plays. Mm-hmm. I think most of the frustration you heard was about the differential. Is that Devin Booker? You know, he's not driving to the hoop with that same ferocity. Few people do. But the mm-hmm. fact that Devin Booker, who does drive to the hoop a lot and was getting contact with the So this is more of a Devin Booker issue than a Giannis issue. Um, 
Yeah, I think so. Because you're only playing Giannis twice. And silver lining to what you said about building this team to, to stop Giannis, don't worry about it. The Suns are not going to play the Bucks again this year. <laughs> I'm convinced of this. This is an off-season task Uh-oh. if you want to Giannis-proof your team. Yeah, okay. And, and again, you're right. That's, that's not something that really has to be at the forefront of your mind unless you are actually thinking about winning a championship. Then you've got to have a game plan for and that. And I don't know how wise it is to... Proof your team against a player in the other conference. I just don't Maybe. understand Maybe. You know, if that's prudent. But here was Monty Williams about that uh, differential again between the Suns and Giannis, who shot more free throws than the entire Phoenix team. Look, man, it, it, it's the oldest. It, it's, I just did it the other day, right? Like, I can sit here and go through what all of you guys already know. You know what I'm saying? You just got to put my name on the quote. You saw it. It's, it's just, it's not fair. Book has three free throws, I think. And Drew Holiday is one of the most physical defenders in the game. He got he has three. Giannis has 24 free throws. It's ridiculous. There's no other way to put it. It's just our guys are fighting. DA can't play. You know, when a guy just runs into you the whole game, it's like we've dealt with this so many times with this team. And credit to him, he, he saw the way the game was being called. He kept doing it. But... That's hard to swallow when one guy has, and this has happened a number of times when we played them. And so for me, it's like, it's hard to tell our guys to keep their level of poise because that's frustrating. You know what I'm saying? And they beat us, make no mistake about it. But that, that's a hard one to swallow. And it's happened too many times. Yeah, when you look at the Suns and how they got to the free throw line, the guy who is leading the charge right now is Josh Okoge. Getting to the free throw line mm-hmm. more than anybody. Because he attacks the basket. He does attack the basket. There's no doubt about it. But when you, you as a team shoot 16 free throws and half of those are coming from Josh Okoge, something ain't right. Mm. And, and there's a, a number of different yeah. reasons why I listen, say that. Uh, I, uh, yeah, listen, I will I will agree with you that Devin Booker doesn't get the amount of calls that he should. He he, he is not he does not get that love, that superstar call. But again, I, I think it, it's... It, <laughs> When you look at what the issue was last night, if it's if your issue is Giannis shooting too many free throws, that's an issue. If your issue is you're not giving our superstar the same kind of calls, that's a different issue. Yes, it is. But it's all sounding the same. It it sounds like a basketball team that doesn't have answers and is now just scrambling to say anything after the game. It's it's, it's frustrating to me to keep hearing this because there are ways to play a box and one against them. Devin Booker faced a box and one the other night. Do something different. Well, there is that. And you As know, we, we pointed out, you've got a kid in Darius Baisley sitting on the bench. He's 6'11", six, 6'10", six, six, long arms. Give him a shot. I, I Do would, something different. I would different. have rolled the dice on that. Uh, clock is ticking for you uh, to uh, join the madness for your shot at the grand prize. $1,000 in tickets to next year's tournament. Just text BUCKS to 620-620. Fill out your bracket to compete in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. That's BUCKS to 620 620. Coming up next, if you're a Cardinals fan and you were hoping the team's rebuild would feature Zach Allen and Byron Murphy for next year, sorry. Uh, we'll get into that and more next. It's Pickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata Mornings. Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Wednesday, live from the Octin Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jared Carlin, taking you up until 10 o'clock today. As we inch closer and closer, we are about uh, four hours and 42 minutes, Bick, away from the official beginning 
of the league year. So the finalization of a mm-hmm. lot of these uh, free agent deals that have been reported and the free agent deals for the Cardinals, two of which have them uh, losing key free agents. Zach mm-hmm. Allen is going to the Denver Broncos. Yesterday it became known that uh, Byron Murphy uh, is headed on a two-year deal to the Minnesota Vikings on a uh, package that will pay him $22 million. Yeah. All we really know on the subject right now is what has been said in the past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, late February at the Combine, Monty Austin Ford facing the media in his uh, first time in that role in Indianapolis said, those are two guys we would like to keep. But he did say there are financial limitations to what they can do. You want to pay everybody, you can't pay everybody. I thought, Bick, when, when Zach Allen was the first to fly the coop, that maybe more emphasis would put be put on Byron Murphy mm-hmm. to keep him so here. Um, and what was uh, you know originally rumored and what Byron Murphy is getting from Minnesota that's a pretty sizable gap. It didn't. Uh, it didn't appear that that would be out of the Cardinals' price range had they wanted to bring him back and had Murphy wanted to come back. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of an inkling uh, this morning that Byron Murphy Jr. did not want to come back. So I, I think there was an element of that that was involved as well. It certainly seems that way. So, so here's the thing that I think is a real shame about this because what I think what Monty Austin Ford is doing is necessary, and I think we all know it. Um, and Michael Bidwell said it when he talked about ripping off the Band-Aid, but as Kyle Odegaard pointed out, Kyler Murray is going into year five of his rookie deal. If he is truly a franchise quarterback, theoretically, this should have been a golden year for the team to field the most talent you would ever believe around their quarterback. And Kyle Odegaard tweeted out it's borderline inexplicable how many roster holes the Cardinals have considering Kyler Murray only has a cap hit of $16 million this year. That's very accurate. That's very, very true. That's the result of very, very poor planning. So the big it, extension doesn't kick in until next that's year. That's right. Wow. And so, so to me... To me, this is this is really emblematic of a team that was in desperate mode for a few years. Do anything to win now. Throw anything you can against the wall to try to make it pop. And at the end of it all, what are you left? You're left with a roster that's got very little depth, very little homegrown talent, a lot of draft picks that have been traded away, and you've got tons of holes on this roster. And now that has to be addressed. So Steve Kime's going to have to wear that. That's it, it's he is going to go down as as a very bizarre story in Arizona Cardinal history. Um, but at the same time, I, they've got to get this right. Because if you step back and look at this franchise, there are two men who have been able to lift this franchise with the force of their personality. Kurt Warner is one. Bruce Arians is the other. Mm-hmm. And everybody else rallied around those two guys. And those two guys are all that is separating this. Not all. But they're, they're, that's what the Cardinals need. They need to find their next guy like like that who's going to help lift this team out of this. Let's hope it's Kyler Murray when he comes back. But if Kyler Murray, if there's no rush to bring him back, and we're hearing that a lot, we've heard that a lot, mm-hmm. then this is going to be an incredibly awful football season in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, and, and those reports have been out there for six weeks at least, and I forget who who leaked that news that, hey, Kyler Murray's not going to be in any hurry to get back on the football field. It's a serious injury. He's never dealt with the rehab before. He's going to take his time before he comes back. So that's what you should probably brace yourself yeah. uh, for if you're a Cardinals fan. I want to go back to what you said, too. Steve Kime's going to have to wear this. And, you know, post-mortem, certainly, um, you know, with Steve Kime moving on and Monty Austin for taking over. But over the course of a decade, Steve Kime, the general manager of the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if there's any way to research this, but 
has anybody had a stranger ten year tenure? No. As That's a good. I like manager. that. Well done. <laughs> Ten year tenure. Because he he took over, promoted from within, mm-hmm. made the Bruce Arians hire, which mm-hmm. immediately turned around the franchise's fortunes. And immediately. The first three years of, of the Bruce Arians experience were very, uh, the, the Cardinals were one of the top teams in the league. They were the entertaining. They were fun. They were compelling. Yes. They were noisy. They were a playoff team twice in that span. Uh, they were and, great and content. They were great copy. They were great quotes. Mm-hmm. They were full of swagger. That was immediately followed by the Steve Wilkes hire and the drafting of Josh Rosen. So you went from a peak immediately to a valley. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then turned Cliff it back Kingsbury. into a, a perceived peak with the Kingsbury hire and completely throwing out your game plan and then drafting Kyler Murray. And then by the end of it, again, uh, 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 the deepest valley. And when you consider three of the tasks that a general manager has in that position, Mm -hmm. trades, draft, and free agency, such completely inconsistent results in all three of those. Mm -hmm. Very good at trades for most of his uh, tenure. Yeah. Uh, Decent at free agency. Awful at the draft. Mm-hmm. Just a uh, weird, just, yeah. weird tenure. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And then, and then the 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 ability to go and get Carson Palmer, who was a big piece of yes. that. Yeah, that that was all really good stuff. And then followed by a lot of really, really bad stuff and years and years of chasing your own mistakes. And, and, and now we're left with this. So there's a price to be paid for it. And that price to be paid is going to happen. Right in front of us. The the salvation, obviously, would be Kyler Murray comes back with his hair on fire. Not literally. That would be bad news. You ever smell hair oh, that's burning? Oh, it's, it's the worst good. smell in the world. We don't I want that. being on the school bus in uh, grade school and somebody had a lighter and lit another kid's hair on Oh, fire. no. What? Yeah, that was bad. Oh. Animals. <laughs> so yeah. we, don't want, we don't want his hair literally on fire, but proverbially, metaphorically, we'll take that. If he comes back and it plays out of his mind, it, it, it they could be a good team. That's the way it works in the NFL. But it, this all looks like a punt year. I think it all, you know, they might even trade DJ Humphreys. They might even say, you know what, let's go get a draft pick for him. Let's put Josh Jones at left tackle. Let's put Kelvin Beach over at right I don't know tackle. what you guys are talking about. They re-signed Matt Prater. They're all in, baby. <laughs> if Andy Lee is currently warming up, we know it's a punt year. Oh, <laughs> text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, Suns in a bit of a rut. Three straight, they lose to the Bucks last night. We'll get the uh, viewpoints of a Hall of Famer. Al McCoy joins us for Al About the Suns next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Present CP3 for three. Al About the Suns. Hall of Famer Suns broadcaster Al McCoy calls in to talk Suns with Bickley and Murata. Suns win. The Suns win. Al About the Suns. Driven by Sanderson Ford. Yeah, it's that time of the week where we welcome in the Hall of Famer, the legendary voice of the Phoenix Suns, Al McCoy. We call it Al About the Suns. And Al joins us right here on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Good morning, Al. How are you? Well, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. And I guess the first thing I should say this morning is, have we forgotten that this team that we've been watching, uh, the Suns, are without Kevin Durant. They're without a couple of guys named Bridges and Johnson that wear net uniforms. They're without a guy named Crowder that's with the other team. Uh, This is a different ball club we're watching right now. No doubt. 
Yeah, no doubt about that. And and there's so much to get in into to with you. I'm curious about this. Uh, we, we all know that watching Giannis lower his shoulder and defenders, there's an issue here that the NBA because I, you've got to be able to play defense defense on some level. And, and I do think the Suns have to kind of look in the mirror at the way they play basketball and how to combat this. How do you deal with this issue if you're the NBA? Well, it's interesting, and not to uh, get into officiating, uh, because I think I mentioned a week or two ago that I thought with the ownership change with the Suns that maybe the officials would look at the Suns a little differently, but they haven't quite obviously. Uh, And you look at how uh, Boston and Philadelphia are able to defend a little stronger uh, their Eastern Conference matchups with Milwaukee. But uh, the Suns just aren't going to get calls, and it almost gets to the ridiculous stage. But as I have mentioned so many times, no, you're right. don't talking about the referees. Yep, Al McCoy joins us for his weekly visit here on uh, Arizona Sports. Um, the last time we talked to you was last Wednesday morning, and uh, what you said earlier about this is a different ball club. You're exactly right. And even in the last week, uh, there's been a lot of weirdness, Al, uh, because Wednesday night is when Kevin Durant was supposed to make his son's home debut. We saw what happened in the pregame warm-ups. They go out and they beat the Thunder, but now they've lost three straight since then. Um, for somebody in, in your career, you've seen just about everything there is to see in the NBA. Have you ever seen that before, a player getting injured in warm-ups? Not that I can ever recall. And and I want to mention, uh, I was really disappointed in the Golden State game not to go back because the Suns just didn't come out ready to compete. And we hadn't seen that for a long time. Uh, We were critical of them early in the season when there were several games where we felt they just didn't come out ready to play. However you want to put it, just did not compete. And and that was the way they were Mm -hmm. in Golden State. They just came out like it was a night off. Uh, Fortunately... Uh, It was a little better uh, last night, uh, even though we know the situation with the bench is uh, certainly something that uh, is is up in the air. But the bench did play better. They did contribute last night. But the Suns are in disarray. And uh, is Kevin Durant going to be able to change this in a hurry? Well, uh, that's the thought. That's why the trade was made. And... uh, only time will tell in that category. But the officiating, as you bring it up, uh, that's not going to change for the Suns. I mean, uh, for 24 attempts for the big guy for Milwaukee, and uh, what did uh, Book at three? I mean, that's just a joke. But that's the way they officiate in the NBA. If you're a star, you get the calls. And even though we know Devin Booker is one of the premier players in the NBA, and he does take the ball to the hoop this year more than he has in his career. Just can't get to the free throw line. Free I think, free throws. Yeah, Give me a break. I, I think you're right on the money, and, and I do think that this has been years in the making. And the way that Robert Sarver used to antagonize the <clears throat> officials, I, I do think you're right. I think there's a price to be paid for that, and I think a former disgraced official is even on record as saying he held a vendetta against the <clears throat> former owner. Do you think maybe over the course of time Matt Ishbia can help reverse that? Do you think maybe if the Suns tried to play that game a little? better they might reverse that how do you get out of this trap they're in well i think uh, it's a possibility and i think matt uh, the sun's new owner is going to be involved in that in a lot of conversations with the league and i do see that changing i think uh, the suns in the meantime may have to adjust the way that they play 
as you know. Uh, I want to see them much more physical. I want to see them more intimidating. I want to see them driving the ball at people and forcing the officials to make calls. Uh, those are some of the changes they can make now. I do think, as you indicated in the future with the new ownership, that we'll see those things turn around, but that's not going to help uh, tonight or tomorrow or this year. Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Suns, our guest here, as he is every Wednesday. Al about the Suns is uh, the name of the segment. And let's focus on a bright spot. You mentioned the bench. You mentioned disarray. Certainly two things that have been uh, tied together recently. But there was a bright spot on the bench last night. And Bick and I have been talking about it a lot, that Cameron Payne, now that he's working his way back from his injury, needs to get back to the Cameron Payne of, uh, of old. And that is a guy who can come in and give steady minutes in relief of Chris Paul and maybe be that spark plug. And finally, we saw that last night. He looked like his old self again, and I think that was a big plus, Al. Yeah, it was. I would like to see seeing him get a few more minutes because, uh, you know, he comes in and can change the tempo of the game. He gets the crowd into it. He had a couple of threes that kind of got things rolling. I would like to see him maybe get a few more minutes to stay in there, but certainly uh, he can be a key, and he hasn't been since he came back with all these injuries. Uh, the Suns have had uh, not hills to climb. They've had some mountains to climb <laughs> this year yeah. with the injuries and then with the trade and trying to uh, get the Durant into the mix of things. Uh, you just hope they're able to hang, hang on to that number four spot in, in the West uh, when the playoffs start. But, uh, you know, right now winning is the thing, and they've got to win some games. Yeah, I, I, I echo everything you've said about the physicality and the way this team needs to kind of tweak what they're doing. Um, what do you think about Monty Williams? He's got all these pieces on the bench, and not it, none of them seem to, be the, seem to be the perfect fit of what this team needs. Trying to pare this down into a playoff rotation at a time while you're also trying to get victories, this can't be an easy thing. No, it isn't, and I, it's difficult now, and it's apparent that they're not able to right now find the right mix coming off that bench. Uh, you've talked about this before, and I'll just bring it up again, And getting back to the officiating and the calls, and we've seen it in the playoffs both last year with New Orleans and Dallas when uh, they just sent a player in to foul, not caring what the calls were, just to be physical, to bang into people, to knock people around. And I think that's one way teams in the West are going to have to play against Milwaukee and and the big guy. Just to send a little guard in there and tell him to knock him down. To, now he gets fouled out in the first quarter, who cares? Exactly. You've exactly. got to set a precedent that you're going to be aggressive. On the on the flip side of that, though, and, and Dan and I have talked about this this morning as well, what, what you said you want to see the Suns be more of, Al, more intimidating, more physical. When you look at the way Milwaukee is built, and that's a championship team from, from two years ago, and they've, in my opinion, only bolstered their roster. They have rugged defenders at numerous positions. They do have those guys that can be pests. They are physical. I think they've got to be, in my mind, they're the overwhelming favorite to win the title. How do you see it at this point of the season? Do you agree? Oh, they're a good team. I mean, just no mistake about it. You have pointed out every facet of the way this game is played, and they have the answer. They're an excellent ball club. And uh, whether Boston or Philly or anybody in the East is going to be able to combat that is going to be interesting. It's going to be really fun to watch in the playoffs because it's been a switch this year. Going back over the last several years, 
Uh, the teams in the East have been kind of uh, in a bunch. And in the West, it's been the battle of playoff positions. Now it seems to be just the opposite because in the East now, you've got Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, and they're going to be the three top teams. In the West, everything's still up for grabs. Yeah, uh, it certainly is an interesting time of the year, especially here in Phoenix. Al, always appreciate the time and the insight. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you uh, next Wednesday. Okay, and again, leaving you with one thought for the Suns. They need some wins. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you, Al. Yes, they do. Al McCoy, the legendary voice of the Suns, the Hall of Famer. He joins us on Wednesday mornings on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, are we in the final hours of DeAndre Hopkins' time in Arizona with the Cardinals? We'll get into that and more NFL next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. It is the Wednesday edition. We haven't even mentioned Shenanigans Wednesday one time today. Yeah. Have we had sufficient shenanigans? We need shenanigans? some more shenanigans today. It's been, yes. uh, it's been a gloomy Wednesday, folks. Even Jared, the weather is gloomy. Jared, yeah. play one of your song parodies. Yeah, you got anything, right, you got anything you got? funny for us, clown? What do you feel like hearing? Uh, Give me a... Uh, have you ever done an opera? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bring us your have you ever finest done anything by, trash. Have you ever done anything by Andrea Bocelli, wide receiver for the Cardinals, ex-wide receiver? <laughs> oh, this just in, Andre Bocelli is signing with the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wide receivers, they could be talked about a lot with the uh, Cardinals. In fact, one has been talked about a lot, and that is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, the trade rumors are out there. The online recruiting of DeAndre Hopkins, which I still find interesting. It's not just about DeAndre Hopkins saying, you know what, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, I want to go to Dallas. I'm going to join you guys. Mm-hmm. A trade needs to be struck. And as yeah. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN has pointed out, uh, the Cardinals, as they rightfully should be in what could be a, a tough rebuilding year, they're looking for premium draft capital mm-hmm. in return for DeAndre Hopkins. And premium meaning, or, and he mentioned day two. Mm-hmm. Day two is the second and third round. Well, third round is not premium. A high, you know, first half of the second yes. round is premium. First third maybe, the but Cowboys, definitely first half. The yep. Cowboys do not currently no. own that type no. of draft capital. So I wonder if that takes them out of the running, if they have to sweeten the, yeah, sweeten the pot it. a little bit more. That's it. So what, so basically what you do is you, you tell the Cowboys what we are going to take. We're going to take a premium second round pick. So we need a second round pick that's either 32 through, let's say, 32 through 43, a third of the league, top third, 32 to 42 if you want. Whatever the Cowboys have, the, every draft pick has a value to it. You take the Cowboys' second-round pick, then they have to give you something to compensate for that missing value. Mm-hmm. It, it happens all the time in the NFL. So um, I, I'm glad the Cardinals are thinking this way. I, I, I Again, I think it is so weird the way this league looks at number one overall draft picks sometimes and not sometimes. Uh-huh. Like on draft night, when you gave up a number one pick for Hollywood Brown, you're thinking, we all thought, good move. Exactly what the Cardinals need. Exactly what Kyler Murray needs. And you get Hollywood Brown and you see Hollywood Brown the way he's been most of his career. Good, fast, has some moments, not really dependable. Okay. Before the injury, Hollywood Brown was actually, in my mind, was better than better I than thought good. he would be. Okay. Now, different than I thought he would be. 
because I thought he would be featured more in a, in a deep passing game where they were going to use his ability to stretch the field and, and, and use him vertically. They didn't do that, but uh. his ability to catch the ball, I mean, his hands were better than I thought they were as a possession receiver. I mean, the, the, the offense was broken last year. There's no, so, there's no two ways about it. So Hollywood it. Brown just needed a little more pew, pew, yes. pew is what pew, he pew, needed. Pew, pew, Shots. Yeah. Shots. Shots. Explosives. It's a laser show. Isn't this the time of day you play the gambo sound effect, Jarrett? The video game that he did? Remember that? Didn't he do... Yeah, Galago once or something like that? No, no. It was the uh, electric football uh, noises. The Tecmo Bowl? The regular Michael Winslow, that one. Gobbledygook. Gobbledygook. So, yeah, so... um. Yeah, I just I, I th- so so the fact that DeAndre Hopkins cannot be um, traded for a number one draft pick makes me very angry. It it just does not seem fair. Uh, but but if you're Monty Austin for it, you say okay, fine, don't give me a first round pick, but I I need a premium second, which means if you don't have a premium second, you got to give me more. You got to give me a second and a third, or the or a third and a, and a play- Maybe and, pick next year and a player and don't forget the and two Utah too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we'll see what shakes out there. The league year gets underway at 1 o'clock Arizona time today. That's also the time the teams can make uh, deals uh, or offers to Lamar Jackson since he's on that non-exclusive franchise tag with the Baltimore Ravens. Real curious to see what happens there. I wonder if there's going to be a team that does uh, you know, make that, that push, that pitch to Lamar Jackson. Marcus Spears. Uh, from ESPN. He's got a list of teams he thinks should definitely do that. Washington Commanders, uh, based on how this thing is playing out with Aaron Rodgers, the Jets, and then San Francisco. I think San Francisco and that match with Lamar Jackson would be undefendable. I really believe it would if if they were able to get him in the, Now look, I'm not I'm not basing this on the premise of how this would happen and what years draft picks. I'm just talking about teams where Lamar Jackson could go in right now and be a lot of who he is already, right? With the with the ability to kind of create that run game. San Francisco to me, dude, I would I would be pissed off for the defensive coordinators in the NFL if he ended up in Shannon hand system with the way that they call offense. I mean, at first glance, you're like, wow, I haven't heard that name connected with, with San Francisco. I think it would be financially impossible for that to happen, especially based on Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson's uh, requirements on, on what he's looking for from a deal. It would be scary, but you know, Washington could make sense. The Jets have a card to play. They're waiting on this Aaron Rodgers situation. He's going to talk today. I don't know if he's going to talk to anybody you know, involving a deal that could be made. He's going to talk to Pat McAfee, so we'll have something on the Aaron Rodgers front, but the Jets could go in that opposite direction. They could say, you know what, Aaron, it's been real. Appreciate you talking to us. We're going down the Lamar Jackson road, and we're going to give him a massive contract. Yeah. Yeah, and which is uh, which is what I would suggest that they do do because given the fact that that even the simple acquisition of him comes with a laundry list with and I mean come on come on and he sp- Aaron Rodgers is going to speak today on the Pat McAfee show. It's where you know it's his platform. I'll be real curious to see if anything of note comes out of this. 
because because oh, if you read between the tea leaves, it 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 really sounds like they're the, the two parties here. As Jared very aptly said earlier, they each think they have more leverage than the other. Uh-huh. And if you listen to Adam Schefter, Adam Schefter was asked this morning, hey, so what would it look like if if Aaron Rodgers actually went back to Green Bay? And he laughed. Adam Schefter laughed. He's like, that's not going to happen. If you've been paying attention, the Packers are so sick of him that it's Jordan Love time in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. So if the issue now becomes Aaron Rodgers is going to be traded to the Jets or he's going to retire and you're the Jets and you know that. Why would you give the Packers the farm? If you're the Packers, though, and you're probably you're the thinking Packers, he's not going to retire. And if you're the Packers, you're thinking the Jets need the, the Jets need this guy so bad. Let's let's get. There's let's, nobody else for the Jets. <laughs> They're all in on him. Let's we get know a they Russell Wilson like package yeah. out of this team. Well, and now Baker Mayfield's not an option for anybody else either. Where, where'd he sign? He's going to Tampa Bay. Oh, Bakes is going to compete with Kyle Trask for the starting position for the one year. Oh. One year, eight point five million dollars on one year. Who's quarterback in the Los Angeles Rams, Vinny? I think I think Mungo Beanfield. No Stafford. No. Or is he Mungo Beanfield? I don't now? think any team's going to trade for Matthew Stafford. I yeah, I don't know if he can play. Yeah, I was going to say we don't even know what his status is. I think he's going to be stuck in L.A. I think he's going to have to spend the offseason learning how to throw left-handed. Oh, <laughs> you got your Super Bowl, Rams. This has got to be Baker Mayfield's last chance, right, to start? Ah, uh, don't say that, Jarrett. <laughs> this is the NFL. <laughs> Everybody runs out of chances eventually. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about Philip Rivers? He might be back in the game, too. Uh, you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the 9 o'clock hour arrives, and with it comes social studies. Sarah Cazell will take us through it next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.